back. Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory of KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a bit of a casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at KCSoccerJournal.com, who's going to take you a bit more in-depth, and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, who does not get a wrestling nickname because KC sucks at soccer, Sheena Smith. What's <laughs> up, Sheena? Uh, hey, Chad. Not much going that, that on really, here. That really got you, huh? It really did, because mm-hmm. sad but true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So on today's show, Sporting KC are embarrassed by St. Louis. Johnny Russell is seeing red. SKC2 are sent packing from the playoffs. The KC current bomb against the spirit. And of course, the digital crawl, y'all. But Sheena, we can't get right down to business because business is gloomy and doomy. (laughs) Uh, I believe you had a Canadian tuxedo story for the audience. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So uh. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, I saw a picture of Matt Buesler from the Sporting Kansas City game, the last home game, and he was wearing a Canadian tuxedo. And if you attend our or follow our Instagram page for the Glory KC, I posted a questionnaire or a poll, I guess, asking everyone. Questionnaire? If, <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> what, really what struggling, struggling no, okay, to find my continue. words. So anyways, I asked the people who follow us, like, can Matt Beasler pull off a Canadian tuxedo? Yes, no, or what's a Canadian tuxedo? And surprisingly, I think like 12% of you didn't know what a Canadian tuxedo was. So I'm here to inform you, a Canadian tuxedo is when a person wears a jean top with a jean pants or shorts. So it's all jean all, all day. Denim? Would denim be a better way to say that than jean? (laughs) Well, yeah, denim, jean, whatever. I'm struggling with words. I'm I'm really tired. Our foster dog, Doug the Pug, is up for adoption. So if anyone's looking for an adorable, judgmental pug, he is constantly side-eyeing all my decisions. But he's available to be adopted. But he decided this morning to wake up super early. So I'm I'm a little tired, and I've been in the heat. But you're going to pull it together. I feel the energy in your voice, so that feels more confident than some of these weeks where you're like, I don't care. Let's just start. (laughs) (laughs) I do have some energy. I've been saving what little energy is left for this podcast. Yeah, it's been a fun weekend. My mom was visiting for the week from San Diego, where I'm from, and she just headed home a little bit ago. I've been running around all of Kansas City and actually Missouri, so... I'm a little tired today. It's all catching up to me. It's true. You were way down south of Missouri, so you're you're getting your your miles in there, or uh, your mom's rental car miles, I guess technically. <laughs> yeah, and I went to a concert Friday. My grandpa, who is I won't reveal his age, but let's just say he's past eighty. He had a concert at the senior citizen home in Branson, or senior citizen community. It's not a home; it's just the Branson Community Center. So I got to watch him play a gig. So that was pretty fun. I have the coolest grandpa i think yeah i've been to some of your grandpa's concerts before too it's uh, super random but yeah he's still getting out there doing stuff i think that's the key to living a long life is uh, yeah. staying active and doing things and and participating you know, i want to sure. go back to the canadian tuxedo thing real quick before we like actually talk about soccer we for years have had like ugly sweater parties like we're we're pretty old so we've been doing them a long time i'd like to say before they were like super popular i feel like they're really popular now and then yeah. we decided one year like where sheena basically decided for us all because she was over all the messes and the and the nonsense but she said we should have a canadian 
tuxedo party. So we still have never done it. That was many, many years ago. So maybe let us know if you think we should have a, a party where uh, maybe we celebrate the end of this miserable season and uh, have some adult beverages and dress in all denim in honor of Matt Beasler. We could. The other part to the Canadian tuxedo idea party, which if somebody wants to steal this idea, go all for it. Like I'm cool with it, is that Canadian tuxedo sounds fancy, but really it's not. So the food you would be serving are things that sound fancy, but aren't. So like I think of Vienna sausage, that sounds fancy, but it's not. Um, the franzia or whatever, the boxed wine, it sounds fancy, but it's not. The Oh gosh, what is the chocolate that's in like the triangular tube, the top Topolaron. It's like Switzerland. Topolaron? Yeah, that sounds fancy, but it's just chocolate. So those are. So what you're saying is European names sound fancy to you. It's <laughs> really all that yeah, came down but, to. Yeah, but they aren't fancy things. I would have to think some more on some of the other ideas I've come up with over the years. Those are just the ones that pop into my mind. Okay, we'll work on that. If you all have any suggestions, hit you up on Twitter at For the Glory KC. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the thing that we're supposed to talk about. Uh, Sporting okay. Kansas City ooh, against St. Louis City. They've officially lost the first of the season series. It's a three games they played against each other this year. The home team won every single game. So, yeah, that's what it was, right? It was just that St. Louis got one more home game than Sporting. It wasn't because of anything else. Before we get into all the like ins and outs of the game, Sheena, just like overall broad stroke thoughts. What were your thoughts on the game? So overall thoughts, I thought... Uh... The first half was kind of boring. It was not, I don't know. It wasn't that exciting, I guess, for me you as a casual fan. You say all the time. I know. Well, I feel you like really... there were so many chances. There were so many chances in the first half. There were so many chances, the... but there was no goal. So it Oh, so goals was... equal excitement for you. If, if it's So you are one of those fans that's like, oh, I can't have an exciting nil-nil draw. No, you can have an exciting one. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's not. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's the, the casualness. I think in those those people who say that probably are casual fans like myself. It started off, you know, at least we didn't give up a goal. And then there was, I think you said, a 12-minute series where we gave up four goals. And it was pretty brutal. After the first goal, I was thinking, man, we might still have a chance. But after the second, I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to score two considering we hadn't been able to score any up until that point. So it went from maybe we had it, it went from boring to just actually pretty sad pretty quickly. And then I just kind of wanted the game to end. I, I was afraid somebody would get hurt because St. Louis was playing kind of physical, but I think that's their thing. I would definitely say that's their thing. And we'll, we'll get to some of those physical plays. Uh, I want to start with defending the first half. I think it was actually better than you're giving it credit for. There was several really good chances, but I thought both goalkeepers really just made incredible plays. Roman Berkey, I mean, you could see why he's probably going to be goalkeeper of the year in MLS. He just stands on his head every game, saves everything. Uh, he had a bunch of saves in the first and the second half. And then honestly, Milia too. You don't often say, oh man, the goalkeeper played well and they gave up four goals but I think Milia did play well he had really good diving stop once where honestly I thought Fontes got fouled in the box in the sequence but they didn't call it because they they tend to not call it and but that was basically the big things for me from the first half was the goalkeepers standing on their head let's talk about the self-destruction the the four goals I kind of wrote them all down and I went back and because I'm a masochist I went back and watched them all and not just the highlights because the highlights don't always give you everything you need I watched the build up to each goal so I want to kind of just run through each goal 
and then Sheena, you jump in here if you have something you want to add on any individual goal, but I'm just going to run through it really fast. So the first goal, I thought kind of a soft foul on Logan and Dembe. He's, he kind of lightly maybe touches uh, Jared Stroud, who just falls over himself, lets himself go. And then set piece, Alan Polito gets the ball goes over his head. He doesn't do a good job and just a really well-delivered set piece and finished by Sam Adenaran, who uh, may or may not have should have been in the game still at that point because he had had some pretty violent play earlier on in the match. Uh, on the second goal, uh, Danny Rosero, he gets knocked down. And honestly, I think it was probably at least as hard as Stroud got knocked down on the, the prior goal. But they don't call it and they give a throw to St. Louis. And then that immediately goes in and in the ball ends up with Andre Ufantis, which I know you're going to have thoughts on this one, Sheena. Uh, and he is deep in his own zone. He's like down on the end line there and he plays the ball. He clears it like he tries to hit it hard, but he doesn't right up the middle turnover. The aforementioned Jared Stroud, who was a sub, by the way, that'll come into play later, collects it, scores it. And my thought, as soon as it happened, was play it out of bounds, play it up the sides. This is what we tell children to do. When I started coaching my daughter, it was like U5s. And I would be like, not up the middle, not up the middle. And how do, how do you go up the middle like that on a clearance? It was it was atrocious. So that was pretty brutal. And I thought they quit after that. Jump in here, Sheena. It really did feel like after that second goal, and especially after that th third goal, they definitely quit after that point. There was a lot of standing around. I don't know what Fontes was doing, because if I'm remembering right, it, did, it wasn't like he was being super pressured. I mean, there was somebody coming towards him, but not to where you make that play. So I didn't really understand that. Am I right in that, or was there somebody right there in front of him? I might be misremembering. He, he, he was under pressure, yeah. So up to, to his credit which I don't want to give him much because this was a terrible play. He had nowhere to go with the ball. Like, so basically his options were play it out of bounds or pass it to somebody who is already tightly covered. He has multiple people coming at him yeah, or he could play it back to Amelia. Maybe but Amelia has somebody coming at him and he's right on the, in front of his own net, like not even maybe a yard or two off his goal line. So it was all a bad situation. Sometimes I think sporting, we've talked about this before. They try to play out of the back, no matter what's going on in the game. And sometimes you just need to clear the ball out of bounds. Just put it out of bounds, reset your defense and go from there. I agree with that. There's no reason if out of bounce was an option. I don't know why that wouldn't have been your best option or to go that corner. route. Play it back for a corner, yeah. you know, like it's still a leak. You can get set and defend it. Well, maybe they did give up some set piece goals. Yeah, we haven't been super great with set pieces. Um, we've given up quite a bit of goals, I feel like. But yeah, just a bad decision from Fontes. I would say it was a pretty bad game for him overall. I wasn't overly impressed with him. Honestly, I don't know that there was anybody on the team I was overly impressed with. Maybe Jake Davis, he was hustling, uh, but he had some mistakes. And Dembe was hustling, but he had some mistakes. It's like there was people hustling, but I guess hustling doesn't necessarily equate to playing good soccer. But Tim yeah, Milia had some good two. saves. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't give up at least. Like, uh, I think some of the guys gave up. Some of the midfielders in particular were not hustling back on defense. And you, you can't just defend with your back four. You need extra help back there. And that requires the midfielders and the wingers sometimes in our system to come in and play defense. And it wasn't happening. It really wasn't. And I would even say that well for one Peter Vermees should have put subs on earlier like I was calling for I thought at a oh, halftime yes. he would pull Gutierrez and put Remy on so 
that m- move not happening kind of pissed me off. But then I think he made us because first you're a Remy fan. <laughs> I am a Remy fan, but you know, I don't think he had a good game. He wasn't hustling as hard as he typically does. So I don't know, but I was definitely disappointed that subs didn't come on sooner because I don't think Remy came on to like the 67th minute, That's something like spot that. On. Good job. Yeah, I may have read that off of Twitter earlier today. I wouldn't know that otherwise, but... Okay, yeah, that was yeah. right. So l- let's talk the third and the fourth goals, and then we'll go a little deeper on the subs okay. and, and Remy in particular. So third goal, Eric Tommy gives it away. He's expecting Kyrie Shelton to come back short, but Kyrie's making a run. Like, he's looking for the ball over the top, which, frankly, I can't blame Kyrie. I thought he was mostly invisible in this game, and he didn't, you know, he didn't look good, but he, he was... You just didn't see him much. Kind of both wingers, honestly. Shallowy did have the assist at the end. I don't want to hate on him too much. But um, he's looking for that ball to come short. He doesn't come back to it. Then Tommy kind of like does that thing where you throw your arms up like, hey, why didn't you come back? Instead of running back and defending. So it leaves the defense scrambling again. Jake Davis is already up the field because he's heading up the field for interchange with Kyrie. And... That's when Danny Rosero had that kind of double weird clearance where he tries to clear it, and then he goes to the ground, he clears it again. And basically what it came down to is it, it didn't get cleared. And then not enough bodies are back, and Fontas and Ndembe literally have more attackers in the box than there are defenders. And Zhao Klaus scores his first of two goals. Um, when I was looking at it, at the moment of the goal, four people are in the box for uh, St. Louis and only three for Sporting KC. You never, I mean, I didn't count the goalkeeper, but I mean, man-to-man defending out there. Tommy, Kenda, Shallowy, Shelton all don't come back and play defense on the third goal. So this is kind of when I was like, yeah, they've quit. On the fourth, Gotti Kenda maybe handles the ball in the box, may have had a handball, and then it didn't matter. Before VAR could intervene, he turned the ball over. Polito, Shallowy, Tommy, and Shelton, again, don't make it back to help defend. And then... Shao Klaus just scores a ridiculous goal. It's that one where the ball gets played to him and he kind of takes a bad touch and it's up in the air. And then he he kicks with his right foot when his left foot is right there. And it's this awkward volley and it just screams into the net. Uh, I think it'll be goal of the week for sure. One, because St. Louis fans are incredibly online and they'll be voting like crazy. And two, because it was just honestly, it, it deserved goal of the week. So any thoughts about the last two goals for St. Louis before we talk about, I don't know, something else? (laughs) Well, that last goal was pretty crazy. Like there was no way anyone was going to save that one. But disappointing overall. I don't know. That's all I I don't have much thoughts on it. Okay, let's talk subs because you were talking about subs and I kind of thought the same thing you were saying. Hey, maybe Sporting should have been subbing earlier and St. Louis really uh, tactically outplayed them. Um, But, you know, I do think we sub badly. They had made a couple of subs. Stroud, who got the assist on the first goal and then or not the assist. He got he drew a foul that led to the goal and then he scored the second goal. And then they also put in Nicholas Giacchini, Kansas City native. He always looks to get at sporting. He didn't score on us this time, so that was nice. And we had only subbed Remy at that point, like you said, 67th minute sub. After we've already given up two, then we make one more sub. Radoya goes off for Gotti. And then after the fourth goal, Peter finally makes more subs and goes to Agata and Castellanos for Tommy and Rosero. And honestly, even though St. Louis hadn't made as many subs as Sporting, Sporting just looked tired to me. They look like they didn't have it. They're not getting back on defense. Maybe they quit on the team. Maybe they were exhausted. I don't really know what's going on because St. Louis made a triple sub after the fourth goal, where actually a 
a few minutes after the fourth goal. So I thought it was more a, a situation of Peter not recognizing that guys are gassed, not getting them off the field soon enough, and you know not putting on guys like where's Roger? Like I know this is weird because Roger is old and slow, but. He kind of dropped dimes with assists. He had that beautiful assist against Minnesota a few weeks ago. He'll get in there and make a hard challenge if you need him to foul somebody or kind of go in physical. And the ref was kind of letting that go at times. So do you have any more thoughts about the subs? You mentioned the subs before, Sheena. Yeah, I mean, just to reiterate, I think as a coach, you need to know when, if I can tell that the players look tired, like Peter Vermees should be able to. And if he can't tell that they look, you know, spent, because I mean, it was hot yesterday here. So I assume it was also comparable um, in St. Louis. So the humidity as somebody who was outside today, really the heat wears on you. And if you're running, like you should just have a better gauge of your team and your players and know that you should be taking them off. I don't I know you always say that he keeps the best team on the field who's going to give them the best chance to win, but at some point you have to look at that lineup and be like this isn't working, we need to make a sub. It's also interesting to me that Gutierrez keeps getting the start over Remy. I think this is the second or third game this has happened, and I just have not been overly impressed with Gutierrez since he's returned, so I don't know if the yeah, thought process Oh, go ahead. Oh, good. I was going to say, I haven't been impressed with Gutierrez necessarily either. I think he's been fine, not great, not not amazing, right? But um, he, he started this game, but the last game it was Kenda that started over Remy in the midfield. Uh, so I, okay. I feel like that's more understandable personally. This They said this was only Gutierrez's third start in the regular season. So he must have had some League's Cup starts or something because I feel like we've definitely seen him start more than that. But yeah, I, I think what it comes down to, we complain about Peter subbing all the time. But to me, it's not like the goals came out of nowhere. To me, it looked like St. Louis was in control for most of the second half. It wasn't going well. So it's not like that old adage that Peter says, oh, it's going well. I don't want to change anything, blah, blah, blah. Um, I asked him after the game. Uh, you know, I was like, I know we can't play Monday morning quarterback here and you can't go back and change things. But if you could, would you do something different tactically? Would you make subs earlier? Would you make different subs, different lineups? And he basically said, no, these guys are professionals. They're capable. What? And I was like, how do you lose give up four goals and say you wouldn't change anything like it was i think he just he doesn't want to give in to uh, our us in the media where we ask him about subs i think he doesn't want to entertain that conversation and maybe, maybe he's trying not to throw guys under the bus to uh, if i want to give him like play devil's advocate here and kind of look out for him and say maybe he's looking to defend some of these guys because maybe he knows he put them in a bad situation i'm just, I'm just spitballing well, regardless, this is the problem I think that a lot of people who follow Sporting Kansas City have is that he doesn't take accountability. Like you put, you didn't make the subs, you put that lineup up, you have a bunch of older players on the team who can't hang with a younger team. Like take some accountability for the decisions you make. And I think that it would be totally valid for him to answer that question. And there's a way you could probably phrase it without throwing anybody under the bus by just saying, yeah, I probably should have put subs in sooner. Like how hard is that to admit that you may have made a mistake and maybe putting subs in right around the time St. Louis did, or like I said, Remy at halftime could have made a difference. It also may not have made a difference, but at least we can't poke holes in what went wrong if the if you're doing the things that the fans want, which is to make well, subs earlier and whatnot, then 
there's not as much, I mean, there's always something to complain about, but it's just one less thing. I think it would be the other way around. Like if he had made subs and they had been doing really well in the first half, then people would say, why did he change it? It was doing so well. Like he's in a, he's in a no-win situation, right? If they lose, he, he's going to take the heat. And rightfully so. He is the coach. Sometimes I do think it's his fault. Uh, sometimes I think it's the player's fault. And then most of the time, I think it's a combination, right? Like you maybe could have made a different decision. You could have, uh, somebody could have made a bit more of an effort on a play or been more clinical with the chances they had because Sporting had some chances. But I want to kind of switch gears and talk about Remy. So when Remy came into the game, like you said, 67th minute, then just a few minutes later, this floodgates open, floodgate situation happens and 12 goals go in. And I say 12 goals, four goals in 12 minutes. Oh, 12 goals. That would be bad. Um, and I said to you in the moment, while we're watching the game maybe it's remy's fault because he came into the game and they suddenly collapsed and i did go back and look at it but what was your response to me when i said that so that listeners can know well first of all i thought that was ridiculous and i don't want to curse because this is a family-friendly podcast but it was bs and i feel like I'm pretty sure Fontes is the reason for at least one or two of those goals. I, maybe one of them you could put on Remy, maybe one. I don't know which one, but I think it's just purely coincidental because around that same time is when we started to see the fatigue of all the players. Like Eric Tommy was very tired in that game. Polito was barely running. So I, I think it could be coincidental, but I'm sure you're about to prove me wrong. So go for it. I'd say I'm going to agree with you. I think it's just a coincidence. So I think he came on. I look back at every goal. He's hustling. Now, we sometimes get on to him because he gets a little out of position and whatnot. But um, Rodoya is on for the first two goals. And Rodoya, I think, is the better D-mid on the team. But Remy's back there helping. He's running and doing recoveries and getting into the play. So I, I don't think it was Remy's fault. I just wanted to get your kind of fiery response because I, I threw it out in the middle of the game because I was like, well, that was weird. He comes on and they give up four goals. But... Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with Remy. Well, I think that Rodoya didn't have a good game either. Like, I know you... Here's where Chad, why Chad has to go back and watch the game, um, some of the goals again, because he's too busy making gifts and isn't watching the game. So he misses, I feel like, crucial things. And one of the things was Rodoya giving up the ball a time or two. So I don't... I'm... I know you are kind of high on Rodoya. I'm not feeling it. I don't know that he's the answer. He's no. Is that Jacob Peterson who's the answer? Jacob Peterson is the answer, yes. Yeah, well, Rodoya is not the new answer. Fair enough. He definitely doesn't play anything like Jake. Now, I will say, uh, I don't think Rodoya's had the best couple of games in in recent weeks, but I think overall, the team has done really well when he's in the lineup. And um, I think, you know what, I'll I'll go back to this. So on on Friday, obviously, the game hasn't happened, right? I put out this like, thread of tweets saying that I don't really think that sporting are built to beat St. Louis City. Like, obviously, they beat them in the second game, right? They beat them two to one. But it was really close. Uh, St. Louis had a goal taken away for offside that turned out maybe was like three inches on after this guy looked at it for 45 minutes. So, you know, if it gets called off, it gets called off. There's no way you're fixing that. If it took 45 minutes for a guy with like all these uh, tech tools to figure it out. But what I will say is that I think that St. Louis kind of grinds teams to dust. And Amelia said this after the game, they kind of grinded them down a little bit. And we did look tired. And that is kind of the way they play. They force you to make mistakes. And not only that part of it, but I knew that Peter isn't apt to make subs. So if they are getting tired, we're not going to adjust and deal with it, which is what happened. And then second, I think just generally our style 
style is to, we all know this, right? Sporting want to possess the ball. They want to be in control of the game. They want to be far up the field. But when we turn it over, we're out of position. And that happened at times this evening, or this evening, yesterday. This is Sunday that we're recording on. So during that game, I think at times they were out of position, counterattacks, they came at them and they weren't ready to defend them. A little bit of that could have just been the state of the game. But just because they hadn't given up goals earlier, they had given up chances. And Melia made some big saves. People made some big blocks. Davis, I remember making a big tackle or two. So I think they maybe were never destined to beat them. And it played itself out. Well, and I would add to that, that they have an exceptional goalie because we did have shots. It wasn't like we didn't have attempts, but he saved everything. Uh, I'm thinking, Dan, uh, not was it Danny Rosero who had the header? Uh, no, that's not right. Uh, it was Logan and Dembe. Logan yeah, Dembe. Logan and Dembe. He had a header that I felt like could have gone in and maybe Shallowy had an attempt. I don't remember, but we did Shallowy have a, had a few... couple really good ones. Yeah. Because if you remember, Shallowy had that one where he like skipped through two defenders, kind of Johnny Russell style, and he hit it low and yeah. hard and Berkey dove down and got a hand on it. And then that other one that Shallowy blasted off the crossbar, but I think it might have been going in on the underside of the crossbar and they showed that replay from inside the goal where Berkey comes flying back by and it like hits him in the chest and goes out and it's it saved. Yeah, I, there was some surefire goals. So I picked on Shallowy a little bit earlier. I said he was a little invisible. That's probably not fair. He had the assist. He had two pretty darn good chances and um, it was Felipe Gutierrez that probably had the best chance that didn't go in where he got that ball right in the middle of the box and if he hits it anywhere but where he hits it it's in the goal well anywhere within inside the frame of the goal obviously if you miss the net it's that doesn't count i also think that shelton didn't have a great game he had some good passes i'll give him that i didn't he have an attempt that he kind of stepped like there was just too many touches Maybe he passed it back to Eric Tommy and he had too many. Yeah. It's a the theme of all season. It's the season of too many touches and not just trying to do stuff with one touch. And I get sometimes Create when some there's chaos. Yeah, Hit when the there's ball. a Create some chaos. Yeah. I just have a, like a couple other thoughts I want to get off my chest while we're talking just about random stuff is get in there. Yeah, I I don't know that, I mean, that goalie for St. Louis is really good. I think you told me he is the highest played goalie in the league. But, Correct. But I feel like Polito, since he signed that contract to me, he's felt invisible. And this was kind of my fear. I don't know if I expressed it. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said, as long as he stays healthy, that contract is good. But I just hope it's not a situation where he put in everything he got to get that contract. And now we're going to see a lesser good Polito. I don't know. I'm worried about that. So that actually leads me to my next thing. And hopefully you can maybe hold down or write down your other topics because this ties okay. in perfectly. So Polito just came back from injury, right? He had missed the last game. He had a quad contusion. So part of it, I think, maybe is that. But I thought going into the game, maybe Willie Agata should start and not Alan Polito. And then obviously Agata subs in late, gets that goal, a nice little goal. And I was thinking the reason I wanted him to start was because I knew Kyrie was going to start. And they're both very fast. So you get a chance to play a little bit differently. And when, you're, when your team is pinned deep, instead of slowly passing the ball out from the back or passing it right down the middle to a defender, um, you can play balls over the top and let Shelton and Nagata run at the other team with speed. It creates a new dimension. It makes St. Louis maybe sit a little deeper, not press as high. And when Nagata comes on and they immediately get a couple of chances, you're like, man, maybe maybe he should have. Now, again, St. Louis is up for nothing. Maybe they just didn't give a crap. Like, obviously, Tim Parker and Berkey were pissed off when they gave up that goal at the death. But 
you know, other players might have turned off a little bit when you're up four goals. So I, I could just be having a bias because I got to played well, but I'm willing to give Plato a little time having just come back from an injury that he might not be exactly right. And he doesn't have Johnny Russell next to him, which we typically he would have. Well, I feel like if he's not 100%, he stayed in the whole game. Like, yes, so I agree. Why not a good we, move by our, our coach, right? <laughs> yeah, if he's not 100%, and I mean, he was walking a lot of the time. So why? I don't know if it's the point is that you want to see Agata and Polito together. But if we have a Polito who's not 100%, then... Agata should be filling in for him and subbing on for him. So, and I'm with you that we're, I feel like a slower team. So having as many fast people on the field late in the game as possible would have been great, which goes back to your point of Roger Espinosa would have been probably a good sub because he hustles. I don't know that he's the fastest, but he does hustle. And that, you know, if they had brought him in between maybe goal one and goal two. I know those happen pretty quick or goal two and goal three. Maybe there's not a fourth goal if you have a bunch of, it it just changes the game. And I don't know. There was the other point I wanted to make, which I made on Twitter this morning. I started tweeting um, at the beginning of the game yesterday and then dinner arrived and my mom was there and they were watching soccer. So then I just shut my computer down. I was like, I don't need to be tweeting this. Nobody really cares about my thoughts. But this morning, I just had one thought and that we're done playing our first year with St. Louis. We had three games that we played total against St. Louis. They had 10 goals. We had three. And that's not a good look. And it, I think you told me last night. I think, during- they had, I think they had nine. Let's not give them too much credit. Four, four, and one, I believe. Oh, okay, nine, whatever. I nine can't. to three. Yeah, I mean, they only tripled the amount of okay, goals. Okay, that makes <laughs> now sense why people were saying nine to three. Someone said nine to four. I I didn't know what they were referring to, but I guess it's just because I can't do math. Uh, but math is hard. Math is hard. Yeah, I I don't know there, but anyways, Although basic addition maybe shouldn't be, but okay. <laughs> I know, I know, you guys. Sorry, but anyways, okay. So they scored nine points in three games. We scored three. That's a huge differential to me. And considering this is supposed to be a rivalry, which I would definitely say it is more so than Minnesota or any other team I've felt recently. Like I feel like this is now the strongest rivalry. And I like it to a degree, but this is unacceptable. And I was going through, I guess my tweet kind of took off today for me. I had like 3,000 people who viewed it. So thanks all 3,000. All right. But I saw some there, people retweeting it, and I was like, oh, man, oh, look at Sheena. It would considering, have been if she got her stat right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm giving fake news over here. But anyways, they – but one person said, like, if this was – like the Chiefs and, you know, we've had so many losing seasons, like this wouldn't be okay. And I think that was my point too, that you can't have the this kind of record for several seasons. And instead of firing people, we just give them a longer contract signings. Like uh, the mindset of the Sporting Kansas City organization, whether it's Peter Vermees or higher, is just kind of crazy that we – continue to sign players for long terms and nobody's getting fired. Like I don't, somebody, I just, I don't know if Peter Vermees is the person that needs to be fired or I think it goes back to earlier this season when we were on that 10, 10 game losing streak, like he needs to give up one of his job titles. 
but it's unacceptable. And it's honestly embarrassing. Like St. Louis fans shouldn't even consider this a rivalry. There's no real competition here right now. Like we're not playing to a rivalry like status. And the St. Louis fans are kind of mean on Twitter. I didn't really experience it, but I saw some of the stuff they were saying about you. And I was just like, this is silly. Like it's just a game, y'all. Yeah, you were reading some of them to me, and I was like, I must have those people muted because I couldn't see them. <laughs> I said my uh, at the end of the game, I said one uh, silver lining to all this is it helped me kind of find who to mute because people were just going at me hard. I'm just like, I'm just posting videos and gifts from the game. Of course, sometimes my opinion is attached to it too, but uh, I want to I want to take a break because we I think there's some more to talk about from this game, but I, it could take us down a longer path. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with more for the glory, Casey. And we are back. So something I wanted to talk about, Sheena, was some of the controversial calls in the first half. Now, obviously, these are not to blame for sport. Well, I say obviously. I think I have to say, oh, uh, Chad's complaining about the refs, so we have to say, it. well, I know it wasn't the refs' fault that we lost, but but maybe, maybe let's talk about two of the calls that are jumping out at me. So first off, uh, in the first half, Jake Davis gets absolutely drilled by Sam Adinarin, who's the guy that scored the first goal for St. Louis. And actually, he scored on us, I believe, in the last game, if I'm not mistaken, or one of these games. I don't know. There's so many goals. How do you keep track? And on the play, I remember live, you got mad at me because I was making a gift to go back to something else you were <laughs> saying before, and I missed it. And you and both your your mom and her boyfriend who were at our house all yelled out yelled out and said oh my gosh like when davis got tackled so hard by a and i went back and made a gif of it and they had a nice slow-mo replay of it and Adinarin hits davis first he goes like knee to knee then he gets the ball and then you know this is in slow motion so it all happens bang 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 really fast and then he absolutely flies underneath davis and cleans him out and all these idiot st louis fans on the internet are saying oh it's clean tackle it's clean tackle and to me this was far more violent than what Johnny Russell did last week that got him a red card. Now, Russell did have his studs out, so that kind of always leads to it. But th the same kind of thing applies here. Davis just happens to be lifting his foot right as a dinner and crashes into him. If he doesn't, he's probably injured. He's probably done for, I mean, probably done for the season. It'll only be a few weeks, but he might have a serious injury. It was a really hard tackle. And what did the ref do? throw in didn't look at it and davis to his credit got up and kind of got in the guy's face instead of rolling around but i sometimes think you have to roll around and sell the foul sadly for the refs to realize how freaking awful it was do you remember the play sheena and do you have thoughts about it i do remember the play i do remember being like oh my gosh when that play happened and then my mom and her boyfriend don't watch soccer at all so they were watching they watched quite a few uh kansas city games with us over the weekend they watched the current also and the mizzou game but yeah i mean we were all like oh my gosh and i thought at a minimum it should have been a yellow card i mean it looked pretty awful in the moment and yeah, maybe it's because he got up like it was nothing. And but it shouldn't have to be a situation where you have to roll around like it. I feel like it loses the legitimacy of the refs if the inconsistencies do, because going back to Johnny Russell, yeah, he had the studs up, but it didn't even look that serious last week. This looked far more serious. 
Yeah, and both plays were called a throw live in the moment, right? But they yeah. went back and gave Russell the red, which I think we landed on. Yeah, probably fair. I don't know how you don't give red. I mean, it looks bad in slow motion, and this looks bad in slow motion. And I think, I think a red could be justified, honestly, potentially, because it's so violent of a challenge. But and he's kind of scissoring his legs across him too, like it's all just bad. But yeah, bare minimum, that should be a yellow. And I'd like the VAR to step in and have him go look at it because if he looks at it, he can give a yellow, red, whatever. When the ref actually goes and and takes a peek at the play, but to us just to get a throw from Sporting out of that was was kind of wild. And then a, a couple moments later, or a few minutes later, uh, Jake Davis fouls uh, Markonovic, or how do you say that kid's name? Uh, Markonovic? I can't remember. Anyways, and then the kid gets up and pushes him, and then as the camera's cutting away, he headbutts Davis in the back of the head. Now, it wasn't with a ton of force, and Davis doesn't have much of a reaction to it, but same thing. If he falls down, like so many players are apt to do, and grabs his head, they would take the time to look at it, and I think you probably give a red. It's violent conduct. You're, it's not a soccer play. You're going to a man's head uh, with ill intent. And I, uh, on, on Twitter, like a lot, that one really kind of took off because I put a slow-mo of that on there too. And this Andrew Wiebe, who is a Kansan, but he works for MLSsoccer.com, and he always seems to side against sporting in an effort to look not biased. He called it an obvious red card. So I feel like, one red card minimum from the first half was taken away, maybe two. And how does that not change the game? If St. Louis is down a man or two men, like it would be wildly different. I think one man would be fair to the headbutt. And then the the other one, you know, maybe, maybe not. Honestly, though, I think the Adeneran challenge is worse from a violence perspective, but the, the headbutts tend to end in red cards. So Sheena, I think, did you see the headbutt live? I know the referee saw it. He was standing right there, but he only gave a yellow. I did see it live because I wasn't tweeting or gifting, so I did oh see it boy. live. Oh boy, people <laughs> rely on me, Sheena, for my gifts. I go back and watch it. Okay. It's like I didn't see it. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, it looked bad. It it just I don't know. It's kind of exhausting to see every game the inconsistencies from the refs, and I get yep. they can't see everything in the moment, but that's I think what the VAR team is for is to be watching that stuff and calling stuff. And I don't know. I mean, you can't play the what if game. What's done is done. And we didn't win. We could have still created other chances. So you can't dwell on that. These two potential cards, but it does change the game. But it's still up to us to not have to rely on stuff like that to win. And we didn't show up and we. We're sitting still back at the train station in Kansas City. It's like we didn't even make make it to St. Louis fully. So I don't know. It was an unfortunate loss, but it something has to change. I don't know. I don't believe they took a train. I saw them getting on a jet, oh. but I'll I'll take your analogy <laughs> there. So. Okay. Well, they are still at the airport, and they never made it to okay. St. Louis. Didn't get off the plane in time. You know, honestly, yeah. I think they, they came out fine. They just collapsed at the end. So, Well, uh, you got to play hard the whole entire game, and that didn't happen. I get, though, by that third goal, I get why most of them felt defeated because it was so – I was hoping, best case, there would be – it would be a draw, and that's where I thought that game was headed, Is which would have been an okay outcome for me because I was like, they each won one, and then they drew the last game they played. Yeah. But – I, get I would why say best I, case would have been a win, but yeah, no, yeah, obviously it wasn't it, looking but, like a win um, after a while. 
a realistic evaluation of that game would have been a draw because I think we also have to remember St. Louis is the number one team in the Western Conference. So, and we are not anywhere near the number one like seed. So it makes sense that we would lose just from the standpoint of that they are the number one team and we are not. Yeah, I suppose so. I I was thinking about that, that what a bad time for sporting to be so bad at soccer. I think I've said this earlier this year on the podcast, but you know, obviously they're having two bad years in a row and St. Louis to come out so hot. Oh, it's so ugly that this is what's going on between these two teams and, and sporting is just failing left and right. I wanted to mention one other Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to just say one other thing about this like rivalry is that it kind of is a bummer. And I I don't know like the ins and outs of like what like players say to their coach, but like if it, it is a known rivalry, you just would hope somebody on the team would step up and be like, we got to do everything in our power to win this. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you say to Peter Vermees because he's probably not going to take your two cents and, and like apply it. But I just it it just feels like he did he didn't take any of those St. Louis games seriously, and then it just I, gives I them a leverage. Well, definitely that first game. I don't maybe because there was talk before like, hey, they can't be our rival until we actually play a game against each other. But then the way the fans reacted, the way the teams reacted to the games, and the way St. Louis crushed them, like it. it they had a case to say we're not their rival because we got stomped so bad, but luckily we won the second one. Ah, it's a shame we couldn't do well in the third one. One other thing I wanted to talk about uh, related to my gift making is, Sheena, do you remember right after the game when Agata scored the goal and then like it looked like water, beer, or something got thrown on him? There was like a splash that like comes flying at him right after he scored the goal. Do you, does that stick out to you at all? I mean, I remember you saying something and I saw your video on Twitter, but I, I didn't notice it in the moment. Like I was watching and I, if you hadn't said something, I would have never seen it. So you know how we put gate on the end of anything. I'm going to call this splash gate because oh I was like, Oh man. <laughs> so I was like, man, what, what dirty St. Louis fans. I said something to the effects of if it was a fan that threw something at him, then obviously that's unacceptable. Or I think I might've said reprehensible or some, you know, heavier word there. But so anyways, I, I tweeted out St. Louis fans are like, boo hoo, pout, pout. And I just muted every single one of them. Cause I won't give them the pleasure of blocking them. Cause they can see when you block them. I just don't see their stupid tweets anymore. And so I, I'm like, okay, this is what happened. Then a few St. Louis people got into the mentions of that and said, hey, Berkey kicked his water bottle. I saw it happen. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go make a GIF of it because I want to get this right. I don't want to be putting out inaccurate information. So I go to make the GIF and there is no water bottle, which makes sense because it's inside the net. You wouldn't have something like right inside the post like that. And the, the frame cuts out right as Berkey goes to swing back and kick and it cuts over to Agata and he's being splashed. And the water bottles are outside the net. So I put out a subsequent tweet showing like, hey, it wasn't a water bottle and then i don't say it must have been a stupid fan then somebody pointed out to me that the goal was super wet for some reason like their sprinklers just had everything wet and you can see it in the shot where berkey makes that save off the crossbar on shallowy like water goes everywhere and that's all it was he kicked the post and it was so wet that the water splashed up on Agata. So I told you this long story only to say that everybody was like, delete your tweet. You should be ashamed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if this is what happened, then whatever. And then when I didn't delete it, but I apologized at the bottom saying, hey, this fan told me it was came off the goalpost. I believe it. Look at this other shot of the goalpost splattering. 
why, why would I delete it? It kind of looks like I'm saying, I'm trying to hide that I made a mistake. I'm going to own it. I, I saw the splash. It didn't seem unreasonable to me that a drunk fan may have thrown something on the field and I, I left it on there. So I don't know. I just wanted to talk about it because I, I feel like they're just some stupid takes, frankly, from the St. Louis people. And it's not like Sporting KC fans have never thrown things on the field. I've seen people get thrown out of games. I remember Vermees specifically when a play game was stopped, going over and yelling at fans like in the middle of a game when play had been stopped to stop throwing things. and. It's just not good behavior, and whoever it is should be thrown out. Messi got hit with something, by the way, over the week uh, in a game against, I think, LAFC a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Bad I don't. Everywhere. Yeah, I don't agree with that. That's very not great behavior. But since you're apologizing for mistakes you're making, I feel like you owe me an apology for not listening to me the other night on the way to Charbar and getting off at the wrong exit when I told you to stay right. <laughs> Okay, I, I will admit, I don't really know my way through downtown Kansas City very well. And I like trust Google Maps. And that's a mistake, because it constantly misleads me. And I, so okay, you were right. And I was wrong. I will own that. But Sheena, do I have good cause for not trusting your directions when we're traveling? In places I'm unfamiliar with, yes, you shouldn't trust me. (laughs) But I today we've I've lived in Kansas City a little over two years, and today I took my mom and her boyfriend from our house in the Northland to Union Station and the World War One Museum, and to the the financial or the library district, whatever that is downtown all without a GPS. Actually, that's a lie. I didn't need a GPS to get me to the library. But after that, I got myself back onto the 169. So I am pretty much um, an expert at downtown now. I I drive it enough. So you should trust me with downtown. Okay, I I will take that into account. Uh, To give you all a little insight (laughs) into our lives here, when we would travel on vacation, like I I always get forced into driving in in strange cities because Sheena doesn't feel comfortable driving in strange cities. And I specifically remember being in Denver and you telling me to turn right. (laughs) And I turned right. And you're like, no, the the other right. And I was like, left? (laughs) Is that what you meant? Left? And then, so we always, we have a little uh, thing that holds my cell phone when I'm driving, like on the dashboard so that I don't have to, like, she didn't have to get directions. She can just play on her phone. And we always say, that's what saves our marriage. We don't fight if we're not fighting about you giving me bad directions, which maybe that doesn't make for an interesting podcast at times if we just agree (laughs) on everything. But, you know, we're not going to argue when we we don't disagree. It's not, we're not like one of these like hot take radio station shows or like TV shows, like uh, we'll skip Bayless who just argue to argue. Like, that's just not, that's how we are. So that's not... Well, thanks for yeah, admitting so, uh, you were wrong. I've been waiting for yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it took 18, almost 19 years to admit to you. Oh, right? my gosh. Time. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I'm just gosh. I'm making jokes. I'm making jokes. Of course, everybody messes up. I, I try to own it when I mess up. All right, so a couple more St. Louis things before we get out of here. Uh, I think there's a lot of the sky is falling after this game, and understandably, it's it's not a good season. I keep saying, oh, if we ignore the first 10 games, which obviously you can't ignore the first 10 games, right? Because that that's critical, and that's really the thing that screwed this whole season. Sporting have been pretty solid after those first 10 games. Yeah, in games of full rest, I talked about this last week, they were 8-1-1 one, one coming into this game, the only loss being that FC Cincinnati game with the Polito red card. They're up 2 nothing before the card. Now they have a legit loss on full rest for the first time since those first 10 it's tough but 
I don't know. Again, I think St. Louis is just, they play a style that is set up to beat sporting and obviously a lot of other teams because they're in first place. The other thing I wanted to talk about was when we were talking to Peter in the post-game press conference, he just had this calmness after the game, which I found to be bizarre and almost a little off-putting. I, I tried to get my hand back up to ask one more question, and then they just ended the presser, just myself and Daniel Sperry asked questions. And I was going to ask him if he felt like he was on the hot seat because he was just so calm and it felt so weird. And as I thought about it a little bit more, what the conclusion I came to was is this is the calmness of a man who knows he's not being fired. He has a five-year extension that he hasn't even started. And like I was just saying, their record is pretty decent. Like they're, you know, top chunk of the the standings since the 10 games, since he's had Godikin to healthy and Polito playing at, well, what he called 90% health. So I think that no matter what, He's going to get a chance to run it out at the beginning of next year. And like you said last week, if they start off like crap again, they got to fire him. But I think he's going to get a chance to run it back one more time. I think that's such a disservice to the Sporting Kansas City fans, though, because we haven't had a great season. And you're saying we're OK. And like there is that, that chance that we could make the playoffs. But I feel like the last like couple months, we've been pretty inconsistent. Like we were really strong. What was it in May where we had that great record? But I feel like overall, we've been pretty inconsistent. Like I feel like we just go up and down. Like we won last week and we had a high and now we had a really bad game. So by that logic, whoever we're playing is at Real Salt Lake next. We're going to do great yeah. against them if this roller coaster continues. So I also don't like that calmness, like, because yeah. you just had a, a horrendous game like that. You shouldn't be calm. You should be fired up. You should be pissed off that you lost for a second time against a brand new team. And I think that that's, from what I gather, what pisses people off. Well, there's a couple of things, but one yeah. is that there the lack of accountability and his decision making is annoying. And the fact we keep re-signing players, old players, I joked in that tweet that I was talking about earlier that we're probably going to extend Fontes another three years just because that's what we tend to do. So it it's just a, like, read the room, buddy. Like, there's no self-awareness, and that's really frustrating. Like, even if you are calm about it, just pretend, act, like, Make the fans feel okay about that you actually care and that you're livid because realistically, we're probably not getting into the playoffs. And even if we do get in, we're probably going to get bounced in that that wild card scenario or whatever it is where the two worst teams play against each other. Like, I just, I feel like I'm at the point in the season, and I think I told you this last night, I kind of just want to be eliminated, eliminated. Like, let's just like, tear the band-aid off. Let's not give us false hope. I don't feel we're going to run it up if we somehow make it into the playoffs that we're like I that's just not who this team is this year for whatever reason. Just like Casey Curran, I think we determined they're eliminated. Maybe there's like the slimmest not of chance. somehow. But yeah. I mean basically that loss last night, they are basically eliminated. Maybe not officially on paper but yeah they the likelihood they make it is even less than sporting it's just like let's just peel the band-aid and let's build towards next season that's that's what i want and that pains me to say it because i really will be sad to have no soccer in my life i'll be happy to get my saturdays back not gonna lie 
but it <laughs> but i mean we have some like, home improvement projects we need to work yeah. on so we get us started on those I, I agree with you i think that this is mls's fault to a certain extent that they let so many darn teams in the playoff 62 plus percent whatever it is it's crazy it's an, it's insane and if it wasn't for that there wouldn't be this glimmer of hope and maybe peter would change what he's doing and play some of the younger guys and mix them in with the starters a little more maybe you find another jake davis type player on this team because i think jake's the right back right you know he's he's earned that yeah. job and and we're not going to see that because if they somehow pull it out against rsl well then they're alive all the way up to the end of the season if they lose against rsl and then they get eliminated next week maybe they do what they did against uh, dallas in 2019 where they were eliminated with one game to go and they play all the kids and they get wrecked and that's not helping anybody either i'd rather see Janis out there with mostly starters or volator or whoever you want to put in one of these u22 guys with mostly starters so that you can see what are they capable of with these other talented players around them and you know that's not what we're going to get so yeah it's tough you, you were talking about peter uh, you'd like to see him fired up more I tried to ask him about the the non-calls against Davis that he said he didn't see the headbutt. And then he said it was over the top, the challenge from uh, Adinarin on Davis. So he didn't take the, the bait, though, and like rant against the refs like he often does because, you know, people get mad at that, too. I think he's in a no-win to a certain extent. Like, if they lose, people will be upset. I have certain people that only reply to my tweets after losses. And I'm like, where are you when they're winning? Where are you when they're when things are going well? It's only when things are down. And I think we um, we call those people grief eaters. They show up and they eat the grief. They love the grief. They love the the drama and the drama. I, I the love drama. the. I just want to I win. Love I just want drama. to win. I love drama as long as it's not in regards to my own life. But I love other people's drama. I I love reality TV for that reason. And maybe that's why I want to see him fired up. Just show me you're passionate. It feels real insincere and like you don't care. And I, yeah, maybe he is in a no-win situation, but at least people would be like, oh, he's out there and he he's pissed off with the way the season's going. And I don't feel like I've seen that. I don't feel like, well, A, I'd love to know if he feels okay well, with that. Well, last week he was too emotional, remember? He got a yellow card for being too okay, emotional, but- according to him. I, that's what a ref thinks. Like you should be, I don't want to say catering to the sporting Kansas city fans, but like show them that you care. And I feel like that's lacking right now. It just feels he, real. He cares. He cares. Well, like, he's I think not it probably expressing hurts him more it. than anybody. Okay. And that's fine. But like express that to people. Tell us how pissed off you are. You don't have to get all livid and all throwing your hands in the air and screaming. You could just say, I'm really pissed off about the way the season's gone. It's not what I was, it's not what I had thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. There's so many things you could say and the lack of like the calmness, like doesn't, that fires me up that you're so calm in this situation when we're about to be eliminated. Technically we're not eliminated, but we are very, we're one game away basically from an elimination. And the players should be playing their hearts out if they really want to go into the postseason. So I, that's just my two cents. What do I know? I'm just a casual fan. Yeah, you do. You did get fired up. What's funny is he was fired up. He was fired up last week in the win. I think that there. I think it's no win. I think if he was ranting and raving and crazy in the presser, then people would be mad at for them. That he, Ooh, he cares. Who's going to be mad? Cares. Who's going to be mad if oh, he's pissed off? Have you met? people sheena have you met the society that we okay well there you go the society (laughs) we live in there are people that will be mad no matter what because we lost they're mad i get it i'm mad too i want them to win i i mean well 
I, I don't know. There's been people that have been rooting against him for months so that he'll get fired. And he's not, he's not going to get so. fired. Yeah. He's not yeah. getting fired. If it, there was any possibility of him getting fired, they wouldn't have signed after how bad last season was. They wouldn't have given him a five-year extension. Like he is definitely not getting fired this season. We'd be lucky if they played like hot garbage next season, if he got fired, but he's going for at least another two years, maybe three before two, three. That, if he's bad next year and not fired, that's insanity. I think two bad years in a row is, is pretty egregious anyways, but maybe he's earned that he's by far the longest tenure coach. He's got these 700 MLS games under his belt between a player and a coach. I'm willing to give the man some grace, but we're seeing the problems that we always see it's things signing guys that are too old failing to rotate your lineups i do think he changes tactics for those that think he does and i think that's not fair to him uh, maybe he doesn't change them as much as you'd like maybe he doesn't change the formation but formations don't equal tactics necessarily and i i don't i don't know i think um he's gonna, he's he, gonna get at least a, a chance next year if he doesn't completely in the off season like overhaul do a major overhaul then we're just going to be in the same situation next season and that's then that is gonna not pan out well and he should be fired not saying right at the beginning of the season but if we go down the same path where people are getting injured constantly and stuff like there's something within the system that's wrong I think that, yeah, definitely there are. So we'll have more podcasts about this sort True. of stuff. Let's uh, let's think about that later. I'm thinking there's not going to be a big overhaul, though, and I think we'll be very pissed off when that it comes to pass. So let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Johnny Russell. So he wasn't in the game because he had a red card. I want to kind of fill the listeners in in case this is where you get all your news. Then uh, thank you for listening to us. But <laughs> he got a red card last week, as you all know. Sporting challenged it, and that challenge failed. And then... Johnny Russell was fined for not leaving the field in a timely manner. So people went back and they timed it. And he was, it was less than a minute between when he's given the red card and he gets off the field and he's passing the armband off because he's the captain. And he, since he's the captain, he usually gets an explanation. He walks over to the ref. Hey, you didn't call a foul on the field. You called the throw in. How, why am I getting red carded right here? Right. So the review itself took far longer than Johnny Russell took to leave the field. And I personally think that what really came down to was they didn't like his comments where he was basically saying Penso told him it was an egregious challenge, that he was had malicious intent, whatever the quote was. I don't have it in front of me right now. And that they're looking for a way to find him. And they couldn't really find him for detrimental comments about the referee because he didn't detrimentally really talk about the referee. He talked about the referee's explanation to him. So they looked for this as a fine. Sheena, any thoughts on the failed challenge for the red card, the fine for this, any Johnny Russell-related things? No, because I got caught up in the fact that Taylor Swift is at the Jets game with Ryan Reynolds oh and Blake God. Lively and Hugh Jackman. I know. It's so I sh I don't even care about I like how you called Taylor it the Jets Swift. game instead of the Chiefs game. You the weirdo. Chiefs. Well, I mean, they're playing at the Jets stadium is what yeah. I meant. I don't even know why I care about this, but I'm so, uh, enthralled. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, I know, could not care so less bad. about Taylor Swift. I know. All right. So uh, I do have one thought about this, and I think the team was missing Johnny Russell to bring it back to the St. Louis game. I He hasn't been great this year, right? But obviously Kyrie was invisible. He had some rough moments. He he came back down to earth after looking pretty darn good the week before. Pretty typical Kyrie stuff, right? Uh, Johnny, does he score a goal if he's out there? Does he get an assist? I don't know. But 
I think he rallies the troops. He's the captain. He's the leader. Polito was wearing the armband. Polito's English, while much improved, is, well, I mean, honestly, Johnny Russell doesn't speak the greatest English either, but he's very fiery. He's technically speaking English in his, his Scottish accent there. And I think maybe after that first goal, they huddle up and he kind of gets control of them and it doesn't melt down and turn into the disaster show that it turned into. Are you still reading about Taylor Swift or do you have uh, any thoughts no, about that? No, I was going to just say I would love to be a fly on the wall for like the halftime to see what who's saying what to fire the team up. Like, is it Peter Vermees? I can't imagine it was Polito. Like, who who was in there like rallying the troops yesterday? Yeah, that's a good question. If you watch those behind the shield videos, which they only show after wins, so we won't get one from this one, um, you'll always see Peter kind of being a little fiery and kind of saying some stuff. But oftentimes there'll be peer leaders too, like Russell talking. Uh, I know Fontas actually has kind of taken more of a leadership role. We've seen him wear the captain's armband before, and he is a, a wily, I want to say smart veteran player, but then he just gave away that terrible giveaway in this game. Uh, I mean, he's obviously smarter than that. Just, man, everything went wrong. Uh, he's having a pretty tough season. You said you, you hope he doesn't get extended for three years, Andreo. He's guaranteed their next year. I don't think they're going to give him an early extension, and uh, I would think that he'll probably be gone after next season if it keeps going like it has. I thought he, he was done after this season. No, I looked it up. He's, he's got one more year guaranteed. Oh. He signed a new deal. Remember, he was at a contract last season. He took a huge pay cut to come back this That's season. That's right. So, okay. Yeah. So he got a two-year guaranteed deal. All right. Let's keep moving down these list of topics because we're going super long as we love to do because we spent basically an hour just on the game, the first game. <laughs> uh, let's talk Sporting Kansas City 2. I made the long 54-minute trip from my house to Rock Chalk Park in Lawrence alone, by the way. You, you were with your, your mother, which is fine. You know, we were driving. Back from town. Branson, so that's right, that's right. So I made the trip out there. Sporting KC two played Austin FC two. When we talked to y'all last week, we didn't know who they were playing because Sporting was probably going to finish third, but it depended on what happened in this Austin and North Texas game, and they did end up finishing third. And the thing about finishing third is you get second choice of who you want to play in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, the team that finished above them was Tacoma. They went chalk. They picked the worst team, and then Sporting went a little rogue and picked the highest ranked team, Austin, to play them. They were the fourth seed. So it took a home game away from Austin and gave a home game, ironically, to St. Louis City SC2. And it, uh, Benny had a quote. Benny, oh, they, we were embargoed. I had this information earlier, but I wasn't allowed to share it with anybody. He had this quote that said, scared money don't make money. And they're coming after. They, he was like going after Austin, taking the hardest team. But when Mike Kuhn, my colleague at KC Soccer Journal, broke down the stats, it actually was kind of a, on paper, smart pick. Austin was a bad road team. They won very few games on the road compared to St. Louis and I forget, San Jose maybe was the other team they could have picked. And those other teams had been hotter recently as well. And Austin had kind of slipped up at the end of the season for sporting to pass them. So it kind of made sense until it didn't. And they lost two to nothing and they've been eliminated from the playoffs they have a goalkeeper he is the mls next pro goalkeeper of the year and that man uh, i use the expression stood on his head too much but he stood on his dang head and he was denying every shot skc2 dominated that game they didn't have the possession necessarily it's weird they play a different style they play a counter-attacking style a lot more they counter-attacked left and right they had so many chances on goal so many really good chances on goal too that the keeper just kept making saves uh and then eventually austin got a goal a, a 
a really good goal, frankly. And then we gave up a late penalty kick, and we kind of knew it was over at that point. Lots of chances. Didn't get the job done. Benny, man, he was so bummed out. I told uh, one follower that I would talk about the quotes I got from Benny because I got to talk to him after the game. But this this podcast has gone really long. So I'm going to turn that into a story. I'll, I'll write that into an article, and we'll we'll kind of give some insight on Benny's thoughtful responses. Just myself and Thad were the only media there that covered the game and uh, got a chance to talk to Benny. I have a question for you about talking with him. Was he sad or was he like pissed off about the decision he made to take Austin? Like what? Give me more of his demeanor. Yeah, I would say he was more sad. Like he had quite a bit of time before he talked to us. He's kind of walking around thanking different fans. He, his son was getting onto the field. Aww. So he helped his son onto the field. Like, cause oh, Rockstar Park set up a little differently. So he had to like lift him off the, the kind of dugout looking thing that they have for the, the players to sit in. The bench is like kind of a dugout, like baseball a little bit. And yeah. he helped him down. And then actually, like, as I asked my first question, his son interrupted <laughs> the interview <laughs> and he's like, buddy, buddy, I got to talk to these guys um and so benny's a he's a great interview man honestly peter is a good interview too i i want to give him credit where he's due he sometimes gives really thoughtful answers sometimes post game he's not the best to talk to but benny was good to talk to um he got another yellow card in this game for he said something to the effect of i think i yelled the ref suck or you suck ref and then that's when i got my (laughs) yellow card and i was like oh that's so good because that's what i would want to say too i would like hope that i could control my emotions but when you spend so much time in a week preparing for a game and so much of your life is dedicated to this sport for then you know the the calls were not going their way i don't think there was anything egregiously bad that was missed but it was just inconsistent as the referees often are in american soccer it seems they you know calling little light nothing plays not calling plays that seem heavier and you know that stuff just wears you down and basically that's what benny said he he screamed out at one point during the game either let them play or call everything you can't have it both <laughs> ways or something to that effect and i i mean the audience laughed or the crowd is laughing i should say i laughed a little bit like benny's great so we'll we'll get a chance to break down those quotes i got to ask him about the off season and stuff like that too players coming back so i'll have some more insight uh, little later on go check that out kc soccer journal should be in the next uh the coming days or weeks i don't want to commit to a specific date because i guess technically i still got to cover these other two kc teams that can't can't officially get eliminated quite yet i feel like his passion well i loved him when he played for sporting he was like one of my favorite players when i first started watching but i feel like that kind of passion is like what i feel like peter vermes is missing and maybe you see it behind the scenes, but like I see him yelling on the TV and doing these motions with his hands and you make fun gifts out of him or whatever. But it's, I don't know. I want, I feel like it's lacking. Like that's just what you're saying about Benny it just sounds refreshing. Like I would happily take him as the OG sporting Kansas City coach. Okay, well, and you may eventually get that one day. He did say, like, in the very first interview we ever had with him, that that was his goal, was to coach the first team. And I said, does Peter know about this? And he goes, I think he'd be disappointed if I didn't want this job. So <laughs> I, I think they, they have a good report. One one kind of insight to the game I'll give you, this game and then the last game of the regular season, they changed formations. They didn't play in a 4-3-3. They played in a back five slash back three. So three center backs and two wing backs. They drew one of the games and lost the other game. So 
maybe there's something to not changing what the players are good at, but the players had numerous chances and they just didn't finish them. This was only the second time all year SKC to uh, failed to score a goal in a game. So what a bad time to fail to score a goal when it's the playoffs and you get eliminated. So bummer. All right, let's talk KC current. I guess we have to. We're going to keep this brief too because we watched like the first 60 minutes and then I had it on muted on my laptop while we were watching the Sporting KC St. Louis game. Uh, They were ahead early on the Washington Spirit. They got an early penalty kick and clearly a penalty. Dabinia stepped up. She put it away. But then in the second half, Honestly, I thought they looked awful. They looked pretty dangerous in the first half, and I thought maybe they could score more than they did score. But in the second half, they looked terrible, and then they gave up an equalizer. They really had nothing going for them when that, until that goal went in. And then around the 60th minute, like I said, we flipped over to the other game and just had it on mute. So I don't have a lot of thoughts beyond that. They gave up a second goal. They lost 2-1 to one to Washington Spirit. Uh, my my colleague, Cindy Lara, she said, announce Vladko. And I was like, yeah, what are we doing? Why are we still, we ha- we've been saying for weeks, they need to name an official coach for next year. This season is lost. Look towards next year. And somehow that hasn't happened. Sheena, why do you have shocked eyes right now? What's going on? Yeah, I was just reading these tweets that people said, and someone said, God, do basic math, a nine to three on the St. Louis thing, and it was rude, but also amused me because, yeah, I can't do basic math. Screw them. Who cares? We all make I typos. Know. I'm not I'm I, not paying Elon so I can edit my tweets. <laughs> oh, you have to pay to edit tweets? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Anyways, I don't have any thoughts on KC Current. They should be eliminated just like Sporting Kansas City should be. I was watching the game, but I was kind of bored by it. From the part I did, because <laughs> this is it. your take all year now is I'm bored. In the last few weeks, I'm bored. You're you're getting that casual label but, down really well. Yeah, I feel like I we talked about this while the game was going on last night that it feels like CBS just does a horrible production, and the game just felt dead because I think they didn't have it wasn't picking up the crowd noise, and like it really takes me out of games on TV. When I'm watching it, if I can't hear the crowd or if the crowd isn't like making noise. So I think that was my complaint and why I started to tune out. But yeah, it's going to be real short because I don't have anything to say. Yeah, well, and they're they're not a good team. It's I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know what the heck is going on, but they're just not a good team. They should be better than they are. They have so much talent on there. But I feel like a lot of it's like, hey, let's pass the ball to Davinia and watch her. Uh, So I, I will say we had a question that was sent to this is on the current. I'm switching gears again uh, from Zachary Loffrey. And I told him, oh, I'll answer it on the podcast. Sons of Lucy. We had him. Uh, he's asked a question before on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's too long of a question now that we're this deep into the podcast. It says now that the season is effectively over, what changes do you think SKC will and can make? And then he has a second joke question. Any idea how much SKC will receive from extra MLS subscriptions due to Messi signing? Uh, that'll be none, by the way, Zach. I know you know that and you're just messing around. Uh, but the, I think we, we need to have an off-season po- podcast. And if they lose to RSL, we can have it a lot sooner because they'll be eliminated <laughs> and we can start talking about what's going on next. But gosh, we're way the freak too long into this podcast. So I say we go crawling. What do you think, Sheena? Oh, yeah. I forgot we still need to do that. The digital crawl, y'all. Okay. Uh, But 
It doesn't matter much, but the results actually went Sporting KC's way this week. You know, besides the one where they needed to win. Um, <laughs> they did. they should have done that. That would have been nice. But Dallas had a couple of draws when maybe the, if they would have lost, that would have been a little bit better. Uh, DC United drew Vancouver, and that would have been better if they would have beat them. But literally every other result went the way we wanted it to go to make things better. Sporting currently stand three points out of the playoffs, but they have played one more game than Dallas, four points behind San Jose, who has played the same number of games, five points behind Portland, same number of games, on and on and on. You get the idea. So they're not dead. What kind of irked me after the game was Tim Milia again repeated this line about, well, we just needed to win two out of three. We made it harder on ourselves by not winning the first one, but the, the mission remains the same. And I think just thinking you only need to win two, you need to win two and get help. If things don't go your way, you could win both and still get eliminated. And frankly, they're probably not going to win both anyways, the way they're playing. So we'll see. I don't know. You know, what's happening? You are just smirking from ear to ear. Nothing. I feel like I might be getting sick. I feel my throat is hurting. Maybe it's all this because this podcast is too long. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things in the digital crawl. FC Cincinnati, congrats to them. They won the support, Supporter Shield yesterday. It's the best record in Major League Soccer. They've already locked it up with many games to go in some teams' cases, two to three to four, depending on what's going on for some of these teams. So congrats to them. That means St. Louis will not win the Shield. Thank goodness. I can't take those insufferable people talking about that anymore. And oh, then okay. Well, I'm oh, sorry ahead. not to interrupt, but I've been wondering what the supporter shield was because i thought we were done with tournaments so thank you for clarifying ah the casualness every time somebody says oh sheena you're not casual you're not casual i'm like (laughs) sheena doesn't know like players on any other teams she doesn't know the basic rules of some of this so it's okay but you know sporting very well so all right last one your favorite segment of the week. Oh my gosh, Messi. Messi. He didn't even play. <laughs> Why are we updating people on this? Because <laughs> I, I made a prediction that they're not going to win MLS Cup, and I got to back this up. So they also didn't win another trophy. They lost to Houston midweek, 2-1 to one in the U.S. Open Cup. Messi did not play, as Sheena mentioned. And so he didn't get his second trophy. You know, the U.S. Open Cup, I saw uh, Mike McGrew, who's a good follow on Twitter. He said something to the effect of he just couldn't handle the pressure of, you know, the U.S. Open Cup. <laughs> so that was a home game for Miami, too. So that's a, it's a tough loss. Before that game, they had a 1-1 draw with Orlando the prior weekend. And then he also set out both the Orlando game and then this weekend's New York City FC game. So three straight that he set out, 1-1 draw after a weather delay. So... uh one other kind of note about Miami that's definitely messy related is their season tickets. I saw some tweets from season ticket holders. The prices from this year to next year either doubled or tripled depending on what seat you're sitting in. So that Miami sucks. currently in 13. Yeah, I'm pissed about it. It's ridiculous. Like, come on, what are you doing? But they're 13th out of 15 teams. Uh, they're level on points with 14th place Charlotte, and they are just four points behind Montreal. So they are still super alive for the playoffs. They've only played 30 games, so they have four games to go. It'll be congested, but they can still make the playoffs. It's freaking crazy, despite the fact that they've had back-to-back draws, and I think they had a loss before that to Atlanta. Like, there's just, man, my prediction. I really need them just to lose a couple more. Like, Messi, just take it take it easy, bro. Well, you know, we'll see you in 2024. Can you just agreed that you won't talk about Messi going forward if he's sitting out games. That's not news. I cannot neither confirm or That's, deny. This is so <laughs> stupid. I, I I wonder if anyone, I don't know if anyone else is still listening, okay. but 
If you're listening and you're loving the messy coverage still, let me know because I'm so sick of hearing about Messi. And this is non-news at this point. He's not even doing anything but sitting on the bench. Like, this is ridiculous, Chad. I'm over it and I'm fired up about it. I can hear it. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I partially do it to get at you. And I honestly, you, you make this segment longer. You could just let me bl- you know, say that news really quick and move on, but, but you can't stop yourself. So anyways, you say on. it, no, you say it to get a reaction out of me. I know you, you do it. Cause you know, it's going to fire me up. Press buttons. That's what I do. I do it yeah. to you. I do it to my own child at times. <laughs> I know how to press buttons. My little brother, who you all may remember from my being a co-host for half of one episode a few weeks ago, <laughs> uh, he I he used to get so mad at me when we were kids because I would just press his buttons. I I do know how to get at people. That's true. That's it. I feel like I have a lot more emotional maturity, and this is more just in in good fun. So yeah, let's talk about the sure. schedule this week, uh, and then let's get the heck out of here because this is we're heading for the longest podcast in the history of For the Glory KC. We got two KC current games this week. They play a friendly, even though they're playing for their lives, they have a stupid friendly uh, against uh, Mexican side CF Club de Foot. Now that's French. <laughs> uh, Monterey. Uh, they, you all may na- remember the name Monterey as the, the men's team that crushed sporting in the CONCACAF Champions League. 10 to 2 over two games a few years back in 2019. But their women's team, Monterey Femenil, are coming to town Wednesday, October 4th. Casey Current will be hosting them 7 p.m. at Children's Mercy Park. And then the Current are back in action on Saturday with everything to play for. Yet they're playing one of the other bad teams, the Chicago Red Stars. So if they can't beat the Red Stars at home, then oh my gosh. But they could still be eliminated just by other teams doing what they're supposed to do. That one's at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And because MLS and NWSL cannot get their act together to schedule a proper setup here, the Sporting KC game is going to overlap again. So Sporting KC are on the road at Real Salt Lake, where they have a terrible road record. Uh, That game is at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. So there's going to be a little bit of overlap again. And... With any luck, both these teams will be eliminated. We could just start doing off-season podcasts and talking about what we need to do to fix these teams because there is a lot. If you have made it this far, oh, Sheena, jump in. Is this a KC Current game next Saturday, the final home game of the season? It is. These are the last two home games together, back-to-back. Cool. <laughs> That's why you interrupted. I just was okay. curious. I had nothing to say after that. I just was wondering. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you've made it this far and you aren't already, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> maybe tell your other KC soccer friends. Oh, I met a guy at the Sporting KC2 game that is the oh. play, the announcer in the stadium that said he listens to us. So, hey, John, shout out. And oh, he reads hey, John. KC Soccer Journal. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is so made... long, John. Yeah, if you made it to the, I mean, if you didn't make it to the game, <laughs> everybody would excuse your, <laughs> your cutting out early. Uh, but all y'all have to do, search for the Glory KC wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, some, somehow, hopefully we're doing something that you like, <laughs> uh, give us that five-star rating and review. If you don't enjoy the show, just at me on Twitter, at Play4Ninety. I love the the constructive criticism. You know, just don't Friendly. tell me that I'm a whiny baby for posting a gif seconds after it happened where jake davis got cleaned out on a tackle it's not whining it's just a thing that happened all right you can follow us on social media at for the glory kc on instagram facebook twitter threads that's really just sheena you can respond to her or email us for the glory kc at gmail.com and here to play us out is splitter conspiracy with the kc cauldron take care everybody bye